person that you worked with in the chaos realm on the moon where you had the exit out of that place but again that wasn't in his realm of possibility he was closed yes. in and so we do that same thing and we do that realm is a realm just like this realm is a realm yes so they're completely separate or they're all together and so absolutely they are and you know what happens here is that people can blow off these different experiences that people have, or, you know, I will only look into this or that or this or whatever, but we forget and we don't understand that we are missing out on peering through another way that we would greatly benefit in knowing God. Because, you know, what do you do when you let, so I always say this, so sorry if I'm being repetitive, but no. you know, when you want to get to know somebody, you get to know their friends, right? <laughs> so that's what we're doing. We're getting to know God's friends. And through God's friends, we learn more and more about God himself. We see how God moves in his people. And we learn to have the humility that we don't need to ask God to reveal to us the same things he's already revealed through others. Um, many of us are very much capable of having the mystical experience and um but each of us are called in different ways um one of the things you'll see when dialogues 2 comes out is that yes we can train up a spiritual army of mystics we absolutely can do that but part of the way we do it is by uh not insulting god by ignoring the works he's already left behind. And we use those as our formation. That's part of our formation in becoming the mystics that we, uh, whatever God deems that we should be. Um, and so some of us will have mystical experiences that are primarily geared towards our own purification. And some will have particular areas that they are drawn to. Some people have apocalyptic type prophetic gifts. Some people are going to be similar to what I'm experiencing and others will have completely different manifestations. And some people will experience mysticism more of as a personal level to help them just with their purification alone. But part of the way we inform the process is by allowing God to teach us through those through whom he's already spoken. And with everything being so divisive right now, especially I can just speak about our country mm -hmm. and so many people are batting heads with each other with this idea being correct or that idea. And we're speaking of faith and if we talk, if we think about what is the greatest possibility for all and what is the greatest possibility for every person, every family, every soul. Now there is something that exists that is that greatest possibility. And 
if we could all focus on that rather than focusing on, oh, my idea is different than yours, and I'm going to argue about that, and da da da. While that's happening, there's other things happening that aren't so good, and we're not having that great greatest possibility for everyone because we're too busy with our own thoughts and ideas about how we intellectually think about things and what our belief systems are the narrow belief systems and such so i just wanted to throw that out there that's absolutely true and you know even just to like wrap up 17 the 17th mystery which is fixing our eyes on the perfection of god and allowing that perfection to energetically alter and bring forth that which is good and evil within ourselves. Um, that's what we're doing. You enter into the house of the mysteries because there's no greater mystery than ourself. And, you know, not because, let's, let me make sure I make that clear what I mean. You know, um, not in a prideful way of, oh, I am this unique creation. It is this, we are, but we are also um, trying to discover the mystery of God that lies within each and every human soul. And that's what we're doing when we enter the house of the mysteries. And what is the water initiation? Um, well, uh, can you remind me which one? Are we talking well, about the well, in my notes, right, water? Right after the, the entrance of the house of the mysteries, is okay. I wrote down the water initiation. Okay. And well, then it's, it's just uh, before the initiation of the birth and death points. Okay, let me take a look here. Pulsation, uh, the light of the immortal. Yeah, well, that oh, sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> I did the eye move. You did the eye move, and I love it when you do that. Let's see. Be blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, uh, I have uh, something that's kind of interesting too. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just trying to find which water. There's so many water initiations in. Okay. Um, Man's body temple is the outer expression of the Garden of Eden, which God gave him to keep and to trim man's primary work in the earthly consciousness. The garden is to use his creative power to preserve harmony and order in this world and to conserve his powers for divine direction. The Garden of Eden represents a region of being within in which are provided all primal ideas for the production of the beautiful. It represents the elemental life and intelligence placed at the disposal of man through which he is to evolve spiritual mind and spiritual body. Like that. Well, that sums it up. Do you, did you write down which um, quote that oh, well, was? I'm not from? sure if it's Charles Fillmore or... Okay, yeah, it could be Charles Fillmore. Um, he also goes on to talk about the 12 gates and the 12 faculties of the mind. Excellent. Just after. Yes, and uh, those are... Yeah, that was, that was Charles Fillmore. Remember, he brings up faith. Faith, mm -hmm. strength, wisdom, love, power, imagination, understanding, will, law, or order, zeal, renunciation, and life. And see how... Um, I'm going to kind of expand on what he's saying. This isn't necessarily what he's saying right here, but notice how you start from faith and you're moving through strength, wisdom, love, power, imagination, understanding, will, order, zeal, renunciation, and then 
life. You stand in life itself. That's what we're always talking about is, are you moving towards life or are you moving towards death? And that is what's happening here. When you, um, I'm not uh, finding exactly the spot you're talking about, but I'll just talk about water initiations as a general. You know, um, when you're undergoing a water initiation, it's, it's like a baptism of sorts, except that in the mystical sphere, the water, the waters come into you and they alter the very molecular structure of your soul. And so the water initiation is coming in to transform. And as you're entering into the house of the mysteries, remember this is about learning about the knowledge of good and evil within yourself. And so when we come forward and, and you will go through many baptismal, mystical baptismal events throughout the mystical journey. But here, you are understanding, pulling forward the evil within you. You're almost going through an inner confession with God. And then there is the water initiation, which is the cleansing then. Because remember, God purifies us. You know, we don't understand that all of the rituals of the church came from actions that the Lord did when he was on earth. And um, that in the mystical sphere, there are corresponding um, energetic rites that um, accomplish actual attainments. You know, many people will talk about, and this is the difference like between Catholicism and most Protestant faiths is, you know, Catholicism speaks of the Eucharist as the actual body and blood of Christ because Catholics believe in transfiguration, which means that when the priest consecrates it, it actually becomes the body and blood of Christ. And for those who find that confusing, because uh, in like a lot of the Christian faiths, the Protestant Christian faiths, they believe in what's called consubstantiation, which means it's more of a symbolic rendering of the Last Supper. But uh, you can check out another book at the site called Miraculous Images, um, which contains images of Eucharistic miracles where the, the actual hosts and the wine turn into flesh and blood. There are some of these, um, some of these uh, hosts that are held in sacred tabernacles around the world actually turn into a beating heart small tiny beating heart and they've actually tested some of them and they have the dna and the structure of heart muscle and another interesting factor of it is they all test as the same blood type um <laughs> because this is this is supposed to be the bl blood of christ so it's fascinating but you can check that out if you've never heard of it um but we're doing the same thing with the other sacraments of the church. This is why the Catholic Church has seven sacraments and the Protestant churches most have one or two. Um, they took the sacraments out because they believed they were symbols of a higher reality. In the Catholic Church, these are actual uh, sacraments that bring about a higher reality. And what we experience as mystics is that, so that these things 
are experienced in the mystical as real energetic transformations. So these water events and baptisms and cleansings and purifications, this is part of how these negative, dark, evil elements are, are actually not just forgiven, not just cleansed away, but transformed into something higher because we will not actually progress from this um, base human construct unless we undergo these energetic alterations. And so these sacraments that we see on earth have counterparts in the heavens and in the mystical spheres, and they do have a completely transformative substance to them. So here we are facing our own good and evil elements and going through some of the introductory purifications of it, where we start that purification. And you'll continue having more and more purifications because you will continue to understand these things um, from a higher and higher place. Now, again, I'm gonna bring back the texts because part of the way that we begin to understand or learn why these things are what they are so that we are taking ourselves from faith to where we know it to be true is by the spiritual reading, the spiritual study of mostly mystical theology, the writings of the saints, but also actual mystical theology, which is the science of the examination of the soul, you know, the science of the virtues, how we actually um, undertake that. So that's part of that. You have to inform it with the spiritual reading. And one thing too is people, I think often when they think of study, they think of going to the university or college and you're, you're, you're studying a subject separate from yourself that you'll have to regurgitate later to get a high score. But whenever I'm <laughs> studying works of the mystical realm and such, it's, actually, it's a transformative event. It becomes part of me. I know you've talked about eating the texts as nourishment. Yes. For me, that is fully what it is when I'm, so I'm not just studying something so I can be studious or it's, it's more when I'm doing it, it's a full emotional, psychological, spiritual, it's something that is, I feel like I am evolving. I'm becoming more conscious. It's, uh, it's way more than just, Hey, I'm going to put on my glasses and go study some subject. Exactly. It's, iron, it's ironic too, because it was just yesterday that I was actually editing a portion of Dialogues 2, which is exactly about this eating the texts. Mm -hmm. And I have talked about it in my books, but I'm not the only one, you know, in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel was taken into the heavens and God showed him these books. And then he said, eat them, you know, and he ingests them. And he says, take the word, my word to the people. Now, um, in dialogues too, I was editing this because one of the seeker has some, has a vision where he's told to eat the text. And he's like, what is this? Some dark stuff or what is this? And it's like, nope, they're asking you to ingest the knowledge. And that's what we have to do. We have to ingest the the knowledge 
one of the one of the things we also miss you know i've talked a lot about how my books were fashioned so they would energetically make make things happen spontaneously out of body experiences and that that's proven out to be true but what we forget also is that many of these mystical theological texts were also programmed in the same way and so sometimes if you are reading and taking it in you don't fully understand it as you're reading it but you are eating it you are ingesting that body of knowledge then it is within you and uh, becomes possible for you to have that knowledge become a part of you. It energetically reveals itself as you ingest it. So there is a great deal of importance to that, understanding that that's what we're doing. We're taking in um, this knowledge. And if, even if you don't understand it at first, just ingest it. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people get frustrated. I see this with spiritual counseling. Oh, I don't understand that. And it's like, well, read it anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so you have this, this hesitation, this resistance that comes from our own self-intelligence, where we really don't understand that, you know, some of the great works of mystical theology are an energetic body of knowledge that you just need to eat and then allow it to change you and alter you from within. And that's one of the mysteries of God. Again, how these things work. They're not just symbols. You know, they are real actions that occur within the soul. Number 18 is initiations into all multiplicities and the mysteries of memory. Yes, ironically, we've talked about a lot of these aspects that come in with the 18th. The knowledge which ex extends beyond time and into all life, human, universal, beyond, and touching into this stream of experiential knowledge expands the parameters of understanding, energetic knowledge and wisdom accessible to the initiate. And that's ironically, again, you're seeing these are stair steps. Remember, we start out with the understanding that the ancient sacred texts have been shown to me in many, many mystical visions as the staircase from earth to heaven. And that's what is happening now. So as you are allowing these alterations to continue, you become able now to touch into different forms of life. You're able to experience through the parameters, the eyes, the windows of other forms of existence. And it's, it's, an, it's a very important thing because now we're going beyond, oh, but that's not my experience, to, well, let me understand yours. Let me understand your experience or the experience of these greater fields of vibration. We become able now to partake of that. It changes everything. So you spoke of the mystery of existences, imagining thousands of mystical and higher fields of knowledge and the mystery of the ages. And then for the initiate, all memory within humanity and the memory of all life and all the worlds are revealed in the hands. To seek the portal of God, it begins simply with experience retained in the cells and also energetic and to retrieve these knowledge 
these knowings, the initiate must be willing to enter on every possible level. It's really interesting to me because I used to teach very in-depth kundalini yoga classes. And so what's spoken of is the hands are part of the brain when we're developing as a fetus. And as it begins to separate, it still maintains a connection with our brain, our fingertips. And so we have all these mudras that we do that's communicating to our brain in particular ways. And there was this one book that I read on yoga mudras. I think it's the, the mudra yoga, I think it's called. But it was about this guy in Asia who was a healer and he had a 100% healing rate. And it was back well before cars and things. But he would walk as much as 100 miles away to somebody who's sick and he would just give them a particular mudra that they were supposed to practice just like a prescription for do this for three yes. weeks, four times a day, 100% healing rate. You also, we speak about later on in the mysteries that there's a particular universal memory in the cells of everything that exists. Yeah, because we forget that every cell contains within it the, the, uh, the model of all life and we have a hundred trillion cells in the body right every cell contains that capacity so you know we have the ability to not only touch into our own past lives but we have the ability to touch into existence itself um, different periods in history different periods in time we are able to do that and we are able to touch into other forms of life beyond our own realm not just the forms you know we can also access forms of life within our own realm because you know we have like hundreds of different life forms in this in this world that's one of the things that makes it so interesting i think to extraterrestrials we have hundreds of animals we have probably more than hundreds probably thousands probably tens of thousands probably whatever we have a lot and we also have that in the plant world and we have these oceans and these land masses that are just completely different worlds so you know we are able then to touch into all of that life um, as well as all life in the universe all life beyond in all realms of vibration that are accessible to us because again we're still operating from whatever vibrational level we have achieved. So we can't um, go into the spheres that are above us or higher than our level of vibrational attainment. When we do that or try to, we will feel like we're being crushed. So we, uh, uh, because the vibration is just too intense and we can't handle that. It's one of the ways that the universe you know, um, polices itself is that we can't go. And so, and so and ingesting um, ancient sacred texts, for instance, there's a certain energy in that. So when yeah. we ingest that, it's helping us to go to higher realms. Absolutely. Very good point too, Brian, because that's exactly what we're doing. Every mystic has brought in a different sphere of knowledge. And by partaking of those, we are partaking of knowledges that then give us vibrational entry into higher and higher spheres. And so this 18th mystery is that entry into all life. You know, so now we have 
identified and done a lot of study of our own life. Now we're going into understanding all life. Going, uh, one of the things that uh, I was told long ago, which I'll never forget, was it's not yours to be understood, but to be understanding. And so we learn that as a soul, we are to learn to understand others, not just to, I want you to understand me. You must listen to me. No, we have to stop with that. That's a fetter. It's an attachment. It's something that holds us to the ground. It is by being understanding that we progress. By insisting that we are understood, we stay where we're at. We literally just cut it off. <laughs> and we think that's part of our self-intelligence again, which, you know, holds us to the ground. <laughs> so one thing you wrote here is it. It's only on earth that we have had a long ancestry of self. And our journey here is compared to Ulysses, which I thought was really cool. And cosmic myths, remote legends of the children of darkness, the children of light, and the revolt of the revolt against heaven. There's a lot of different things right here. Elemental beings, the shades, uh, one of yourselves where you sought out wisdom, a giant wrought out of flame with eternity in its eyes. There's so many cool things <laughs> that we can dive into. What an amazing journey that we're having here on earth. I mean, there's only so much that we're conscious of. To me, I always call the, when we go to sleep, that's the spirit time. Yep. When we have more access to all of these things because we even when we went into in the hammer of mysticism and the initiations into mysteries that we did before this the rites of passage we spoke of how um, i'm losing my my train of thought uh what was i just saying a second ago before initiations into the mysteries because there was something kind of cool that i wanted to you were talking about the different manifestations, the different lifetimes, the different windows that we were seeing through. Um, mm. Oh, dang. Because I have a chronology of things here. Because that's how my mind works. <laughs> I relate. <laughs> I relate. All right. So let's just get into, because uh, we, we talked about um, comparing this, this journey that we're on. Oh, I think I know now to Ulysses. And then we talked about the spirit time where we can see so much more. And then when we, in the initiations into the mysteries, we we're talking about physics and we're talking about the visual spectrum of what we can see. And for as much as what science knows right now, that we only really see about 2% of the full 100% realm in the physical realm. But that, this is just this physical realm when there's all of these other realms that we don't see at all. Exactly. That's I think that that's one of the things that is probably one of the biggest illusions of our existence here is that what we see is what exists in front of us. And it, it's when we start realizing that this is literally one tiny eyeball, you know, into existence itself. Can we speak about the guardian of the veil and the, ascension, and the ascension beyond the veil? Well, ironically, in my experience, the guardian of the veil was Toth, 
<laughs> and, um, and you had to pass by, you were asked many questions before you could pass. And um, if you had the correct questions that were required, then you could pass beyond the veil. And what this is symbolic is, of is um, this passage into a higher now element of existential thinking. And, you know, like you mentioned the hands, the intertwining of the hands. And this is, you know, one of the mystical experiences I had in this was all the hands were coming together and the, the hands were of all cultures, of all colors. It's this uniting of all life. Um, so when you're going beyond the veil, you're going into this higher understanding of things. One of the things we definitely see, um, at least in this period of time and periods of time before, I'm hoping that we will evolve beyond it, is this identification to a cultural uh, body that we were born into. And this idea where this is where the, you know, all the ideas of racism and all the problems that arise from it come where in this moving beyond the veil, you're, you're intertwining with these hands of many, many colors because for one, you've been all of them. You've gone through experiencing all of them and um, you are uniting that knowledge now. And as you cross it over into the veil, you see how irrelevant these constructs that we create in the human world of our otherness are really totally irrelevant in the realms of the spirit. Um, our identity as a single human being here in this world is literally like one checker on a checkerboard, uh, you know, and that's even not a great comparison it's it's a tiny tiny little thing in the spectrum of all life that we have lived ourselves and all life that all life has left because here when you're going towards death you're going towards this otherness this multiplicity and you're going towards life going towards this oneness this unity and so this knowledge has become a part of you you have this understanding of being on both sides of all arguments in a human realm. None of these things matter anymore. So these are just different shades of a rainbow that comes together when the hands unite. And that's why um, you say ascension beyond the veil to the place of true living. Yes, very well, very well put there, Brian, from their finding. Um, one of the things I wrote in here kind of identifies a lot what I'm talking about. Do not be tempted like the wayfarer to perceive these as instances in time or aspects of humanity, for they are not. Each of the mystical hands which reaches for the other is a moment in time, be it a lifetime, past, future, cellular memory from ancestry, DNA, strand, merging with the incarnate memory of all human life. Um, but they cannot separate at this point. Individually, individuality at that time is no longer possible because in incorporating 
knowledge itself, um, there is no uh, individual strand anymore. So this, this little me here is um, now in entering into all life, all understanding, all experience. Um, so there is no room, it is limited, it is um, binding you to the physical realm to think in terms of these small details of the manifestation of life in the multiplicity. The small details of like, okay, whether you're a dog or a cat, whether you're white or black, green, orange, or red, or whatever, you know, because in reality, you are all that. All of us are all of that. And so this, ironically, this is another attachment to the ground. It holds us fast to the ground of, I identify as this, <laughs> you know? Um, but we are not just this. This is just one set of eyes that is peering into creation's um, manifestation. So it's a very, uh, so here, well, and here I uh, put in the flasks are multiplicitous, and that's the, the different manifestations that we can take. But the alteration here in this 18th mystery is that you can no, you really can no longer, because it's something that is happening energetically, you can no longer think that way because you are seeing through so many eyes. And again, I'll just bring up, I probably mentioned this before, it was a near-death experience that uh, Sean Graham shared, where one of the things he saw very early on in his near-death experience were, it started out with one, two, three eyes, and then they just started appearing everywhere you know, thousands and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and then millions of eyes. And that's what this is referring to. It's these eyes into reality, into creation that we look through, which by themselves are very limited. Together, the millions together are the 18th mystery. It's very Alex Gray. Isn't he the artist that draws with the eyes everywhere? I didn't, I don't know, but I've, I'm familiar with some artists who do that. I'm not familiar with Alex Gray, but he might be the artist you're talking about. Yes, he spoke it was. Of, he spoke of attending to the, attending to the guardian, um, the, the guardian of the threshold and a lesser and greater guardian, the two guardians, the two types. Can you speak a little bit more about that? Well, I can try if I can remember where you're at. Um, and the, the threshold guardian, you would think, is more of making sure that we are where we're supposed to ready. be. Ready. Yeah, yeah, they won't let you pass unless you're there. Um, but after you pass, there are other guardians that you then face. They're different. And I'm not going to go into too much detail on that just because people will experience these mysteries and these rites differently. So I don't want to 
give the impression that the way that I experienced it is exactly, or the guardians that I saw will exactly be the ones you see. Many people do have very, it's very similar across the board, but there are, de there are deviations, there's changes and alterations for each human being as to who you're gonna see. But beyond the threshold, you'll go through more rituals and rites past that with other guardians beyond that. And so. Well, let's move into a different subject because this is kind of a vast mystery. Yes. Let's, you spoke about the journey into the elements and there's actually seven mm -hmm. elements, not four. And the other three are related to the spirit world and consist of essence, karmic memory, and spiritual ether. This is spoken of by H.P. Blavatsky. So I wonder if you can expound a little bit more on the three elements that are related to the spirit world, the essence, the karmic memory, and the spiritual ether. Well, the essence is going into the higher, the higher soul, the spirit. Karmic memory is like an element in and of itself because it literally is the energetic construct which creates every human being. Um, spiritual ether is literally the spiritual substance from which all things are created. So we have these four elements that are earthly. We don't realize that there are higher elements as well. And they are um, essential elements of creation itself, the creation of the human body, the way that the spirit enters into the body, the way the body is chosen and formed through the karmic memory and through the essence, which is soul. The spiritual ether is something that you um, learn quite a bit about in out-of-body travel because you're working with it constantly. It is the literal substance of creation. So before any of anything can become any of these other elements, it is spiritual ether first. It's where all creation moves and draws life into being.